the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed. You will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. To Welcome everyone. Good evening. I want to welcome you to Victor Christian Fellowship and a Wednesday night refreshing service. And if you're watching online, we say welcome to our online viewers. It's good to have you. Father, you're so good and gracious to us. And Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. You are good today. You are good tomorrow. You are good always. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for doing great and mighty things tonight in us, through us, and to us. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. And let's stand together and worship today. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating one, God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, 
Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Your word is alive. Your word is powerful. Thank you for Holy Ghost. He activates your word. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the name of Jesus. There's no name above his name. We bless your name, Lord. Praise you in this place. Oh, we give you glory and honor and praise. Open our hearts for revelation, insight, and understanding. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your holy name. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us and for speaking to us. My word to you is trustworthy and true. It's a lamp to your feet. And a light to your path. It breaks you free from bondage. It supplies what you lack and what you want. My word can do for you anything that you believe it to. Trust in my word, and you will never fail. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, you may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Glory to God. Good things are happening here at VCF. This Friday, we're having our men's conference, our Everyday Hero Men's Conference. Hallelujah. And uh, it's going to start at 6 p.m. Men come hungry. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're going to have some good food. We're going to have a good time. Our special guest is going to be Reverend John George, and he'll also be with us on Wednesday. Hallelujah. And uh, we're excited. This is his first time here. Or, yeah, what did I say? Oh, yeah. No, Sunday, yes, this weekend. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, when we have guests, we just, we just are in the business of blessing people. So we're going to bless him, and it'll be a great time. Glory to God. Well, we're glad that you're here tonight, and if you're watching, we're glad for that as well. And you know, if you're here, you can give, uh, if you'd like to give tonight, anytime during the service. We have our seed containers by the bookstore, and as you came in, there are envelopes there. If you make a check, you can make it out to VCF, or if you need to do it through a card, you can do it through the bookstore, or if you're watching online, you can go to our website. And uh, we do have a VCF app. If you haven't... Uh, Utilize that. Uh, that's available. If you go to uh, Victory Christian Fellowship, Palmyra, or PA, and it'll come up in the uh, Apple Store or Google Play, whatever, and uh, you can utilize that. It's a good tool. Amen? Amen. And uh, we like to use, utilize the tools that are made available to us to 
get the word out. Amen? Well, we got some awesome kids in this place and some awesome teachers, and we're going to dismiss our kids right now for them to go to their class tonight. So kids, have a good night. Praise the Lord. Times of refreshing. How many find the word of God refreshing? I'm so thankful for the word. I became a Bible junkie many years ago, and I haven't gotten over it yet. I love the word, but I also love the Holy Ghost and how he moves and works. And I want you to go to the book of Genesis, chapter 15, and uh, we're going to begin there. Getting the credit that your faith deserves. And we're going to find out how someone's faith was credited. And their faith got them something. Their faith did something for them. And uh, you can overcome doubt and unbelief when you get when your faith gets the credit it deserves. Now, you may probably have never heard anything like this, but it's in the Bible, and we're going to study it and go over it. Amen? Go with me to Genesis chapter 15, and starting with verse 1. It says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield, And your exceeding great reward. What could you do with that word from God to you? If God said to you that he was your shield. And not just a reward but a very great reward. He is your protector and your provider. He is your shield and your supplier. You know you can't lose when God is your shield. And your very great reward. Say, the Lord is my shield and my exceeding great reward. God always does things over the top. He always does things. See, on a human level, we think, oh, that's too much. But on a God level, that's his norm. His norm is more than enough. His norm is too much. His norm is abundance, plenty, full, overflowing. And Abram said to the Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. In verse 2, is Abraham in faith? No. He is in childlessness. He is looking at what he doesn't have or what didn't happen. Okay? Now, God just told him, I'm your shield and your reward. And Abraham says, what are you going to give me seeing I go childless? Okay? Verse 3, and Abraham, Abram said, behold, to me you have given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is my heir. 
Now, God had to correct this error in his belief. So verse 4, behold, the word of the Lord came unto me. You know, God will give you his word to guide you on the right path. You know, sometimes when we get off the path, he, he has to put us back on the path, right? Seeing I go childlessness or go childless, that's off the path. God already told him I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Okay? So now the word of the Lord came unto him saying, God's, got, God's word has something to say about your situation. He said, this shall not be your heir. Correction. Right? He is correcting that belief system. I'm putting a stop to that belief system right now. And I'm going to tell you how the way it is going to be. Okay? But he that shall come forth out of your own bowels shall be your heir. Okay. So God, God corrects his belief system. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward the heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. So whenever God speaks to you, he's also going to give you a picture. Now, in Abraham's day, Abraham did not have the spirit of God in him. So God had to show him externally what he was telling him. But when God speaks to us, he shows us internally what he's telling us because we have the spirit of God in us. Whenever God shows you something, he's going to speak to you and give you a picture. And that picture will form your belief. It'll strengthen your belief. It'll reassure your belief. So he takes Abram outside the tent. And he shows them the stars, and he said, if you're able to count them, if you're able to number them, he said, so shall your seed be. This is the way it's going to be, Abram. It's going to be like this. It's going to be, you can't even count your descendants. You're going to have so many relatives, you can't, you're going to have to have 10,000 family trees. No, just kidding, you know. You're not going to be able to count them. Now, here is the key right here in verse 6. So, from the word that God spoke and the picture that he showed, Abraham got it. Verse 6, he believed the Lord and it was counted or credited to him for righteousness. Because, did Abraham perform anything? He didn't have a performance. He simply believed what was spoken to him. He didn't have to do cartwheels. He simply believed what was spoken to him and what was shown him. Because what was shown him was reinforcing what was spoken to him. That's a double-double. And based on those two things, Abraham believed God, and it was credited unto him for righteousness. And then he said, verse 7, he said, I am the Lord. Whew, that's all you need to know. If you know Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's all you need to know. Paul said, all I need to know is Jesus and him crucified, and I'm good. I can preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur, out of the Chaldees, to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I inherit it? All right. So then he enters into a covenant with Abraham. But this phrase, credited to righteousness, is also listed in the New Testament. It's listed in Galatians 3.6. It's listed in Romans 4. It's listed in, in James 2. It says the very same phrase. So guess what? This is perpetual. God wants to credit your faith with righteousness or with anything else that you need. That tells me that Abram wasn't righteous until this point. God had already appeared to him. God said he was going to do some great things. But now he became righteous. Now, he was righteous on credit. Because in order for the full righteousness to take place, Jesus had to die and, be, and, and rise from the dead. He had to be the firstborn, right? But based on what Abraham did, he simply believed what was told him and what was shown him. And it was credited unto him for righteousness. Amen? So the foundation for belief must be the word of God. All right? The word of God came to Abram and spoke to him. It corrected the error. It set things right. And he said, this is the way it's going to be. You know, you may be experiencing something difficult in your life. And... And that might be your current reality, but the word of God can change your reality. It can transform your reality. It can shape a different reality. When God's word speaks to you, a picture is formed and seen, just like the stars and sand. So, Based on Abraham believing that, it was accredited to him for righteousness. He didn't have to do anything else but believe. So to believe means to confirm or support. It means to nourish. It means to make firm. You know, you can't believe in something that's unstable. You can't believe in something that changes frequently. You have to believe in something firm, solid, and established, and proven. Amen? And how many know God is that, isn't he? So to believe means to build up. So Abraham believed. He believed in God's protection. He believed that God was his shield. He believed that God was reward. And now he believed, and he got righteous for what he believed. All right? Here are the marks of someone who believes, all right, or the distinctions, all right, or the indicators. To, to believe means you're confident. Are you confident in who you are in Christ? Are you confident in what God has given you? Are you confident in what he's promised you? Amen? Say, we've got to be confident. You know, the Bible says don't cast your confidence away because it has great recompense and reward. If the enemy can get you to lose your confidence, he can steal from you. All right? So confidence is a characteristic of someone who believes. You have to be convinced or persuaded or assured. How long does it take you to become persuaded? You know, Abraham heard a word and he saw something and boom, he was persuaded. That was it. 
Did you know that Abraham didn't say, can I have a sign? He heard God's word. He saw the picture and he believed that was it. No other evidence is necessary. He understood in who was speaking to him. It was God. God was talking to Abraham. Okay? So characteristics of a believer, you accept what God said as true. You might be, someone might be sick in their body. Okay? Then they hear a word that says, God says, by your stripes, by his stripes I'm healed. Well, you can embrace the healing that he said in his word, and then that can become your reality. All you have to do is believe what he said. Amen? Someone who believes is someone who is assured. You take God's word on it. You trust him. We sang about that. We trust God. Say, I trust God. Has he ever let you down? Has he ever failed you? He can't lie to you. He's always spoken the truth to you. When you make a mistake, he doesn't tell you how bad you are. He says, let's correct that. Amen? This is the nature of God. You put your stock in him. Okay? When you believe God, you you know it can't go any other way. This is the way it has to go. This is the way it has to be. Amen? And you hold on to that with nothing else is necessary. You don't mix anything with your faith. Keep your faith pure. The pure, sincere milk of the word. When you, when you believe, you demonstrate a positive confession and praise. You are praising God for what he said because you believe it's so. Well, what if I don't see it? doesn't matter. You believe it. And the stronger your belief, the sooner you'll see it. Amen? So when you believe, you embrace what is true. See, in order, in order to have your faith credited, you've got to believe. You've got to put your belief in God. Okay? You embrace what is true. You consider what God says as the absolute truth. God's, what God said is the highest truth. You know, how did a Roman centurion get to the point where he said, only speak the word and my servant shall be whole. He understood that there was no higher authority than God's word. And when Jesus spoke, things happened and he understood authority. That's all he needed. He only only needed to understand authority and who was doing the talking to get his miracle. Jesus was willing to come over his house and lay his hands on the servant. But the centurion said, no, just speak the word and that's all you need to do. And Jesus did, and the servant responded, and he was healed. Amen? And Jesus marveled at the man's faith. He said, I've not seen such great faith in all Israel. Okay? When you believe, you accept that God is reliable. You lean on him with your entire being, and you won't fall. If anything is able to hold you up, it is God. If any, he, he said that I will keep your feet from stumbling. He has the ability to sustain you in a fixed position of reception. Hallelujah. When you believe, 
you agree wholeheartedly that God is trustworthy. And that takes relationship. You have to know who God is in order to know that he's trustworthy. He is faithful and true. When you believe, a transformation occurs. Abram went from being just old Abram to being righteous. In just one moment, in just the snap of a fingers, he believed what God said, he believed what God showed up, and boom, it was credited to him. He became righteous. Didn't have to do anything but believe. A transformation occurs. What God said becomes your reality. We know from Romans 4 that Abram became what God promised him. Peter, James, and John became fishers of men. They started off as fishers of fish, but they became something different. They became fishers of men. Why? Because something different was spoken over them. And they embraced what was said about them. When you believe... Uh, What God said becomes your reality. This is the new norm inside of you. In other words, you get a different picture than what you had before. If you had a picture of failure, now you get a picture of victory. If you had a picture of sickness, now you get a picture of health. If you had a picture of poverty, now you get a picture of prosperity. How many know the woman... The widow at Zarephath got a different picture. Her picture was two pancakes and die, last meal. That was her picture until the prophet came along and gave her the word of God and changed the picture. If you give to me first, this is what God's He's going to multiply what you have. It changed her picture. And then she, her picture was now me and the prophet and my son are eating for many days. The picture was completely changed. The outcome was changed. A transformation took place. Lazarus sat in the grave for four days. He was dead. His body wasn't working. It it was broken. He had died until the word came by the tomb. And the word called to uh, Lazarus. He said, Lazarus, he had to give him his name. Because if he just said, come forth, who else would have came out of the tomb? I don't know. You you know, you got to be specific. But the word of God changed a dead situation and brought life to it. Okay? The word of God must be real inside of you before it's real on the outside of you. Did you know that God always works from the inside out, not the outside in? He works from the heart outward. He doesn't work from the head inward. He plants his word because his word is the incorruptible seed. He plants it in the heart. And if the heart is good ground, it receives that seed and produces 30, 60, and 100 fold. When you believe, you believe what God said alone. Nothing else is mixed with it. Don't mix your experience with it. Don't mix your past with it. Don't mix someone else's opinion with it. You know what happened in, in, in Hebrews 3 and 4? They heard the word, but they didn't mix the faith with it, so it didn't, it didn't. When you don't mix faith with God's word, it doesn't affect you. But you've got to mix faith with what he said in order for it to benefit you. 
Okay? When you believe God's word, you stay true to his pure word. And when you believe God's word, you lay hold of what God said and you don't let go until it manifests. So there are two things that are necessary for you to believe God. Number one, you need the word. In uh, verse 4, I think it is in Genesis 4, 15, 4, the word of the Lord came to Abram saying, so the word had something to say, okay? So in order to believe God, you need the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing what? The word of God. You know, you're not going to build your faith going over your feelings. You're not going to build your faith um, recalling the opinions of everybody else. But you build your faith by hearing what God said about your situation. Okay? And then, secondly, after Jesus, after the Lord spoke to Abram, the second thing that you need is you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Lord led him out of the tent. Right? What did Abraham, Abram followed him. He didn't, he, he said, here, come here, boy. And Abraham went with him and he showed him things and now it clicked. Now Abram got a revelation that what God was saying was true. And it was credited to him for righteousness. Amen? See, you got to, uh, and you, when you believe God, you got to maintain your strong belief. How do you do that? You guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for out of it flow the issues of life. You can't just let anything get in your heart. You got to guard your heart. You got to be diligent about what you're looking at, what you're listening to. Right? What you're speaking. All those things matter. Right? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So, every belief that you have must be confirmed, established, and sure. Unbelief is unconfirmed and it loosens your footing. Because unbelief is on unstable ground. It's shaky. It, you're not sure if it's going to hold you up or not. So you don't want to put your trust in something that is not going to hold you up. And you're not sure it's going to hold you up. Okay? Unbelief is shaky, moving, slippery, and loose ground. When you have that type of ground, what's most likely going to happen? You're going to fall. And you're going to hurt yourself. Okay? So, let's look at this word credited. Alright? It means to think or to account or to reckon or to impute. You know, when you get a line of credit, you get a certain amount of money that you can use. Right? And there are stipulations with that. But you are credited that amount, okay? Because you built your credit up to a point where you're trustworthy. They look at, they look at your, your credit history. They look at your payments, right? Did you make payments on time? Did you overextend yourself? And all that goes into your credit score, doesn't it? Alright? Well, God doesn't take a credit score. He just looks at what you believe. Okay? So, 
Uh, go to Romans chapter 4 for just a minute. Romans chapter 4. Because it's good to look at the Old Testament in light of the New. And so Romans 4 gives us insight into what Abram did in Genesis 15. All right, Romans 4, verse 1, What shall we say then that Abram, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what says the Scripture? Everybody say the Scripture. you got to look to the Scripture. Right? It didn't say look to the preacher. It said look to the Scripture. Now, your, your preacher might be saying the Scripture, but you always got to confirm what the preacher's saying with the Scripture. Don't just take the preacher's word for it. What does the Scripture say? Abram believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Romans 4 is quoting Genesis 15, 6. Now, to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not, everybody say works not. God is on a works not system. You don't work to get credited, but once you're credited, you do some work. You don't work to get credited. Like, you don't have to punch in and punch out with God. God's not keeping track of your hours. God's keeping track of your faith. He says, but to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. It's faith without works. You're not working towards it. You're not uh, doing something for it. You're just simply believing God for it. Okay? Now, credited faith. This is what God gave me right before worship. Credited faith is righteous faith. He was credited, God credited his faith, and he became righteous. Credited faith is righteous faith. In other words, when God credits your faith, it transforms your nature. You can go from unrighteous to righteous just like that. Okay? Credited faith is God's personal acceptance and guarantee of success. Who credited Abraham's faith? It was God who credited his faith. God accounted, he put, in in accounting terms, God put a credit on Abraham's account that said he was righteous. It was in his account, it was deposited, he had access to righteousness. And if he was to look up his account, he would see that righteousness was in the account. Amen? Amen? God made a direct deposit to Abraham of righteousness because Abraham exchanged his belief and he received righteousness. Okay? So credited faith is God's personal acceptance and guarantee of success. Credited faith is God's pathway to victory. What solidified Abraham being a father of many nations? His faith was credited as righteousness. 
It was there at this point where he made up his mind, he believed God, he entered into a covenant with God, and later became a father. But it was at this point where he really received it and believed it. Okay? Credited faith is a doorway to the miraculous. When Abraham's faith was credited to him, his body was not able to produce the results. He needed supernatural power. And credited faith is the doorway to the miraculous. Hallelujah. Credited faith is mountain moving, obstacle overcoming, and receiving benefit faith. What was the mountain in Abraham's way? Physical limitations. Both him and Sarah were incapable of producing the desired result in the natural. But he had credited faith. And credited faith is mountain moving, obstacle overcoming, receiving benefit faith. Okay? Credited faith clears the way to receive God's promises. When God says, I credit your faith, then you take possession of what was promised you. You you take ownership. Do you know Mordecai, he took ownership of raising Esther to be a queen. Her father and mother died and he he wasn't even a close relative, but he took ownership of Esther in raising her and guiding her and leading her. And guess what? She became a queen. He did a good job. See, you, you, you got you to gotta take ownership of what God said. You got to say what God said is, he, he said it to me. It's mine. Say what God said is mine. Okay. Credited faith empowers possession of a promised blessing. It empowers possession of a promised blessing. Credited faith settles arguments and strengthens confidence in God. When your faith has been credited, it's no longer an issue. My faith is credited. Arguments are settled. He said it, I believe it, that settles it, period. Okay? Credited faith dispels and destroys doubt and unravels unbelief. Woo, glory to God. So how do we get our faith credited? Look at verse 20 of Romans 4. Romans 4, verse 20. Actually, verse 19. Okay? Romans 4 verse 9, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Don't look for the living among the dead. Don't look to your body, look to God. God is going to make the body work even if the body doesn't work. Hallelujah. God can transform the body. Look to God, don't look to the body. When he was about a hundred years old, 
Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Don't consider the dead womb. Don't consider the dead body. They can't produce the results anyway. You got to consider something higher, something more powerful. You got to consider God. Bring God into the equation. Okay, verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed or credited to him for righteousness. He tells us how to get our faith credited in this passage of scripture. Let me give it to you and then I'll explain it. Number one. If you want your faith credited, you must not doubt. Get, put the doubt out. Get rid of doubt. Don't entertain it. Don't think about it. Put the doubt, consider doubt like trash that's been there for a few days. Get it out. Okay, number two, if you want your faith credited, don't waver in unbelief. Okay, I'm going to explain these two. Number three, if you want your faith credited, grow strong and empower your faith. Okay? Number four, if you want your faith credited, be fully convinced that God has the power. Amen? So those four things will help us get our faith credited. All right? And these are found in Romans 4, 19, 20, and 21. Okay? Don't doubt. Go to Mark eleven twenty three for just a minute. Flip over to Mark eleven twenty three. All right, good scripture. He says, "For who's talking here? Does Jesus know what he's talking about? Can you believe what he said? When you believe what he said, you get what he said. Okay. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain." Be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. Is that a suggestion? It's a command. Okay? Shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. Say, I have whatever I say. Some people, when they say that, they say, well, that thrills me to death. Do you want that? Do you want that? No. So don't say stuff like that. You got to believe what you say. He said, don't doubt. When Jesus walked into Jairus' house, there were mourners in there who were mourning the death of Jairus' daughter. And Jesus walked in to where all the mourners were screaming and carrying on and hollering and weeping and whining and whatever they were doing. He said, the daughter is not dead, but asleep. Now, they just saw her die. And, you know, this just cracks me up. They went from mourning to mocking and, you know, just like that and laughing at him. So what did Jesus do to that environment? What did he do? He put them all out. Okay. So if you enter into the realm of faith and you got voices that are coming against what you know in your heart to be true, you got to get those things out. You got to clear the way, right? Spray some air freshener or some raid, whatever you got to do. Okay? Everybody say, don't doubt. To not doubt means you got to be fully persuaded. You know what it means to doubt? It means it's the negative side of faith. It means to disbelieve 
It means unfaithful. It means disobedient unbelief. That's what it means to doubt. Okay? So everybody say, put the doubt out. If you want your faith credited, you've got to put the doubt out. All right? Snuff it. Listen, if you can blow out a candle, you can put the doubt out. If you can turn a light switch on, you can put the doubt out. Putting doubt out is not a hard thing. Amen? Okay? Number two, if you want your faith credited, don't waver in unbelief concerning the promises of God. You got to you got to make up your mind. Amen. To waver means to have two minds or to have two opinions. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. I did a funeral today and I didn't get back to the office till and I did a hospital visit too and I didn't get back to the office till about 1 1:30. And uh I was sitting there, you know, meditating on what God wanted me to share and then this just came up. Amen. You know, God is good. And I was just waiting on God. You know what happens when you wait on God? Your strength gets renewed. All right, go to James 1, verse 5. If any of you, who's he speaking to? Any, anybody that's willing to listen. If any of you lack wisdom... Gee, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know how to handle the situation. Let him ask of God. Why should I ask God? Because he's a liberal giver. Say, God's a liberal giver. Okay, so you've got to ask God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. He doesn't hold back and it shall be given to him. Say, it shall be given. That is the language of faith. It shall be this way. It shall come. It shall happen this way. It shall. This is the way it's going to be. Right? Okay. Verse six. But let him ask in faith. Nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing wavering or doubting. For he that wavers is like the wave of a sea driven with the wind. The devil will drive you, but the Holy Ghost leads you. If you're being driven, it's probably not the Holy Ghost. Because he leads. He doesn't drive. Although he should be in the driver's seat. But he doesn't drive you. Like, you know, cattle gets driven. But God doesn't drive, he leads. God doesn't push. He lets you take his hand. But let him ask in faith. Everybody say, nothing wavering. So if you're asking God and there's something wavering, you've got to get that straightened out. You've got to go back before you ask, because if you're asking wavering, then you're not going to get what you're asking for. Notice what it said. Okay. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So to get your faith credited, you don't doubt and you don't waver. Okay? If the devil offers you a waiver, say, I'll pass. Just wave your waiver goodbye. All right? To waver means to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. 
All right? Then the Bible told us in Romans 4 that Abram grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. See, when you give glory to God, your eyes are not on your problem. They're on God. When you're giving glory to God, you're focusing on the Almighty. You're focusing on something that's higher than where you are right now. So he kept his faith strong, giving glory to God. All right? So God is the author of strength. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. This is telling us how to get our faith credited. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? That the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of us. God doesn't get tired out. God doesn't get worn out. No matter how much, how many times you come to him, you're not going to wear him out. Verse 29, he gives power to the faint. Have you ever felt like fainting? The over, the weight of the situation, the, the difficulty of the challenge, the, the, the size of the bad news or the negative report. You feel like fainting. He gives power to the faint. If you feel like fainting, you are, a, you are qualified to receive power. Power from God. He gives power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Let the weak say, I'm That's what the weak should say. Verse 30, even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. Eventually, a young man, no matter how strong he thinks, he will sleep. I'll never forget the first time I went to Fiji back in 1993 with a group of from Lee University. There were seven of us that went to Fiji, and uh, one of the guys, he was from Alabama, and he said, I'm not going to sleep on the plane. I'm just going to go. Well, you know what? After so long, his head was down. He was drooling. <laughs> he couldn't, he couldn't stay awake any longer. He sat there with, I should have got, I didn't have a phone at that time. Could have gotten a picture of. <laughs> See, even the youth shall faint. But verse 31. They that wait upon the Lord, actively serving, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. Running is your, is your overall life. Walking is your day-to-day activity. All right, and go to, go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you want your faith credited, you've got to keep your faith strong. Whose job is it to keep your faith strong? Yeah. You know, Abraham had God's promise in Genesis 12. He saw a great miracle in Genesis 14. But now he was beginning to doubt of what, because he hadn't seen any results of this particular part of the promise. So he went to God. God gave him a word. God showed him different. God corrected his belief and boom, he believed. Amen. And the rest is history. Ephesians 6.10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So where does your strength come from? It comes from the Lord. Amen?
Okay? And then you got to be fully convinced that God has the power to bring about what he said. Does God have the power to do what he said? He wouldn't have said it if he wasn't willing to do it. You know, everything that God is willing to do, he said before he did it. Right? His word, he stands by his word. Okay? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. Paul was writing to his young protege, Timothy. 2 Timothy 1.12, he said, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Notice how Paul thought of his suffering. Okay? He wasn't a whiny baby. He wasn't complaining, okay? He said, for which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. How many know in whom you believe? You believe in God, God Almighty. He's got, he's not God all wimpy. He's God almighty. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's everywhere. He's omniscient. Hallelujah. He's got the power to do what he said. All he wants you to do is trust him. He does the heavy lifting. He's the one who brings it to pass. All we do is believe it. Once you believe it, you are latched on to what he said. And it doesn't matter what direction you go, you're not letting go of what he said. It doesn't matter if you're up or down, you are holding on to what he said. Because as long as you are holding on to what he said, it will come to pass. It will be this way. It has to be this way because he said it. His word is forever established in heaven. Go to Revelation 1. My goodness. Revelation 1, verse 6. Listen to this. He's got the power. Uh, 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 uh. I couldn't resist. Revelation 1, 6. And has made us kings and priests. Don't you ever entertain any negative thought about yourself from any other source in the name of Jesus. He made you a king and a priest. Unto God and his Father, to him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All right, go to Revelation 5.12. If you're a king and a priest unto God, you don't take any kind of negative picture about yourself from any source. You speak against it. You speak who you are in Christ. Amen. You combat it with your words. Revelation 5.12. Saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. Hallelujah. All right. And go to Jude chapter 1. Jude 1. There's only one, there's only one chapter in Jude. Verse 25. Jude 25. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Everybody say now. And forever. Listen, God is never going to have a power shortage. 
He doesn't need windmills. He is the wind. He doesn't need solar panels. He is the sun. You know, heaven doesn't need streetlights. Why? Because it emanates, light emanates from God. And people in heaven don't get a power bill. It's going, it's going, it's going, it's still going. It'll be going long before, after this earth is gone. Amen. So if you want your faith credited, because when your faith is credited by God, it opens the door to other things. You got to get rid of the doubt. You, you got to not waver. You got to grow strong and empower your faith. You got to be fully convinced that God has the power. Amen. Hallelujah. So, Abram was credited with righteousness. The only thing that he got credit for was his faith. God, he got the credit that his faith deserved. How about you? God wants to credit your faith. All you have to do is believe. All you have to do is trust. You have a need in your life? God is capable of meeting that need. He is capable of changing the most, the worst situation. You know, I heard a testimony today. I'm not going to say the name because I'll let her say that. But uh, someone told me that uh, they, someone had checked their furnace out. And uh, they've had this furnace for 26 years. And the repairman said, look, you're going to need to replace your furnace. He took pictures of the inside and everything showing what needed to be replaced. And the person said, you know, I just don't have the money to do that. But you know what? You know what happened? They got a free furnace. The owner of the company said, you know, we can do this from time to time. We'll give you a furnace for free. Can someone say praise the Lord? Is, is, Is anything too hard for God? He can make lame men walk. He can open up blind eyes. He can fill your pocketbook by simply throwing your net onto one side of your ship. Amen? God has supernatural ways of getting things to you, of causing things to happen for your benefit. Amen? He is not limited to how he can bring about his goodness in your life. God's got plans for you. And his plans involve you prospering. God did not say, I have plans for you to become poor. He said, I have plans for you to prosper. Jeremiah 29, 11. Plans to prosper. To give an expected end, a hope. Amen. So God can say, God can handle it. Say, God can do it. Are you confident? Are you for certain? Are you assured? Then your faith is credited to you for whatever you need. Your faith is credited to you for your healing. Your faith is credited to you for your protection. Your faith is credited to you for overcoming. Your faith is credited to you. Amen? There's been give, God's given you some credit tonight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Stand up to your feet. And I want you to begin to praise the Lord for the things that you need in your life. I want you to keep your faith strong by giving glory to God. You need to glorify God right now. Put your eyes on him. Take your eyes off your problem. Whatever you need, be, access the, 